Hey fuck boys and fuck ladies, this is Tyler from Worst in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show and we get into some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worst in the Industry are their own and in no way representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization. Yell at us, not at them. Maybe send me a dick pic every once in a while. That'd be cool. Thanks and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. That was that was literally Charlie Wilson. You know, if if we'd been cool with Afghanistan for a little bit while longer, uh, and they'd killed a lot more Arabs, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure the NYPD would have a challenge coin for them. Yep. Um, in the, <laughs> I was I was listening to a a uh, a podcast today about the Soviet Afghan War. Wonderful seven part series. Um, oh God, sorry. By uh, lions led by donkeys, who actually got oh. the uh, the idea of this episode today from, and I wanted to do it because it's a lot of fun. Um, is Joe Kasabian on that podcast? Yes, he is. He's also from Detroit. Yeah, he wrote a uh, Hooligans. Hooligans of Kandahar. Yep, great book. Um, and at one point, they were talking about how when the when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan, there was a two. There was a Soviet and an Af- Afghan diplomat, like, just kind of hanging out and chilling. And one of them got a phone call, like, hey, the, uh, we're, we're invading Afghanistan right now. And he turned I to this guy. Leave. He turned to this guy, and they got into a fucking fist fight. <laughs> I just imagine I just imagine the fucking Curb Your Enthusiasm music playing, where he's like, right now? We're invading right, right now. We're right, invading right, right now. now. Right uh, now. In fact, you are first boots on ground in <laughs> Afghanistan. Well, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> For the motherland, right, I guess. Pull the tie off. <laughs> Let's get ready. I really was not expecting this when I came to the office this morning, Yuri. <laughs> but uh, the only reason why they stopped is because one of the one of the Afghans aides came in and shot the Russian dude. <laughs> but, see, now I want to know who threw the first punch. Oh, 100% it was the Russian guy. It was the Russian dude, because he was on the phone. Because he, he just realized we're invading. He was like, oh, shit. Oh, okay, they, so he just, like, dropped invading. the phone, and he's just, like... He just I, went for it. Okay. You gotta think, like, I have to now fight my way out of here. Yeah. Because I, he was in the he was me. He was in the Afghan presidential palace. It's if, like, if I'm in the quick, belly. he could have got out. Which, he could which, not have gotten out. Which yeah, the Soviets... Wait, which, he okay, was probably the first person in Afghanistan to know about the invasion. Which, the most fun thing, the Soviets invaded the presidential palace, and then the next group of Soviets didn't know that they already took it, so then the yeah. Soviets invaded it again and killed a bunch of their own people yeah. inside. Soviets. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like when, uh, when the United States invaded Panama, uh, illegally, um, and... The United States uh, never invades anything illegally. Sure. Uh, and... Do we uh, ever invade anything legally? We never do any uh, war crimes. 
But the uh, the there was a like a marine squadron that went to go take down uh, Noriega's plane or his getaway plane. They thought it was meant to be his getaway plane. He actually had, had left via different means. Um, but the Panamanian Defense Force, which was just like <laughs> children and like <coughs> amateur mercenaries, as you um, do, they set up they set up these like sandbags with uh, belt-fed guns, and the Marines were like, "Oh, we're Marines, like." These guys, they they could barely know how to fucking hold a gun. We'll just run out on the middle of an airstrip with no cover, and we'll take the plane because we're fucking Marines. Uh, and they got chewed to pieces <laughs> because the uh, the PDF did not know they were Marines. It's what happens when you underestimate your enemies. The Soviets invading Afghanistan. The British uh, invading Afghanistan. The uh, Americans America invading, invading Afghanistan. Afghanistan. <laughs> Anyone invading Afghanistan. France invading uh, Russia. Uh, us going to Vietnam. France us going to, to take Vietnam back. United States going to the Philippines. It's, it's and, and while we're on the subject, the Japanese in Vietnam. Yeah. Honestly, uh, the issue with uh, the French uh, under Napoleon attempting to take Russia is not that they tried to do it, but that they tried to do it without doing it quickly. Well, it's it's mud pretty season, hard to man. do it quickly when you don't have armored transports. And mud season, buddy. Mud it's season. Only, it's the problem. It's the problem <coughs> everywhere. That's what yeah. I call it after I get Thai food. It's mud season in my yeah. So, uh, oh, oh, hey, it's the listeners. The listeners are here. Oh, hey, listeners. Well, live from the Guantanamo Bank gift shop. <laughs> hey, hi, hello, and welcome back once again. Uh, to Worst in the Industry, the show uh, where these three empty cans of hard seltzer iced tea uh, attempt to bring our disgusting aspartame-stained flavors to the world, and our flavors are truth. My name is Justin St. Peter, and uh, you can tell what I regret buying to my left. Kyle Stanley, and I am a, a bobblehead version of that guy with the black hood who's being electrocuted on the milk crate. To my left. My name's Tyler, and I just finished my last class today. I'm officially done with school. Look at hey, you. Hey, that's Look our boy. You. One out of the three of us got a full education. Hey. Yeah, you could spread it around. It's, you could call it that. <laughs> Listen, man, Colin and I's added together, added together doesn't even make a half. So We get an associate's degree together. You're doing a lot of the legwork there if we can get an associate's degree. Well, we'll I dropped out after half a semester. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I got like one and a half. If we if we went by points earned and not final class grade, okay, I, so I'm contributing nothing. Nah, you're no, 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 no. If just like we'll take the portion of credit hours that you paid for. All right, so yeah, I got a fun one today, boys. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you got been, there, Tyler? Things have been a little hot and heavy, a little as of recently. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I was thinking. What would be more fun than talking about Nazis burning to death in experimental aircrafts? Ooh, fuck yes. Do go on. So, um, are you guys big fans of the uh, the Nazi wonder weapons, the Wunderwaffe, like me? It's, yeah, you know, like I, the I do love all that experimental shit. Like yeah, when the they experimental shit time. is fun. Like, uh, I'm, I'm going to name a couple of my favorites. Uh, the Sturer Emil, or the Panzer V, was a 35-ton tank that had a 15-centimeter howitzer on it. 
Oh yeah, the fucking the the, the it, that wasn't the one that was too large to move. Nope, nope, no, no, no. I'm getting to that one. Don't worry. Yep. <laughs> uh, only only two of them were made. Uh, one was captured at the Battle of Battle of Stalingrad, 1943, with 22 kill marks on it. So pretty Thanks. effective tank. Uh, and then the Land Cruiser P1000 Ret, which was a design, um, originally was a thousand tons. It would have been 115 feet long, 46 feet wide, and 36 feet tall. The armor ranges anywhere between 5.9 to 14.2 inches thick. It also had two main 28-centimeter naval battleship guns on it and four 12.8-centimeter anti-tank or anti-air guns attached to it so it could fucking strafe planes trying to hit it from the air. I am just vigorously there, masturbating under the table yeah, right now. It would, have, it would have had eight Daimler-Benz 20-cylinder marine diesel engines in it, 120-mile mm. operational range with a max speed of 25 miles an hour. The idea was basically to have a self-propelled siege gun. Um, but a few problems arose. Um, number it's one, too heavy to exist. Uh, yeah, it's size. Um, no way to move it if it ran out of fuel, like, on a train because <laughs> yeah, it's a train powerful enough because it's weight and also it's width it couldn't go through any tunnels um yeah. and also it would just sink into the earth if there yeah. was like any rain it, the 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 rat was actually theoretically large enough to just straight up liquefy the earth under it yep it was a thousand mm. tons that's that's a lot of weight in <laughs> Very small, uh, small area. And the then Earth the Earth is a Newtonian fluid. If you have yep. a big enough tank. And then, since I believe in the power of threes, the Kugelpanzer, which looks like a <laughs> it's full of raisins, it looks like it's a fucking mono. On the front. It looks like a mono wheel from Men in Black Three, but it was armored all the way around. Oh God. Um, and it was a one-man vehicle made as like a re reconnaissance and like uh like line laying thing. Um, and it ran off a single-cylinder motorcycle engine. Uh, I'm going to quote from, yeah, uh, quote, We can only deduce the functionality of the vehicle based on its exterior. It seems to be a one-man reconnaissance tank equipped with an armored outer wall and a viewing slot. The drive was probably located under or behind the driver. At the rear, there was a steerable wheel to shift the center of gravity behind the axis of the two track wheels and support rotary movements that are carried out with the track wheels. In stationary operation, the tank would probably serve as an armored refuge or a makeshift bunker. Based on available images, it cannot be determined whether there was an opening below the viewing slot to allow for the use of firearms inside the tank. One was found in Manchuria after the Soviets invaded it. Yeah, so Japan had one. Well, <clears throat> doesn't that uh, doesn't that mean that like they probably just like got like the, Germany was like. Here are our designs, and they're like, we built one, it didn't really fucking work. Mm -hmm. we, oh, they we all, built one they, and then abandoned it. They also did that with the the main the main boy here. The main oh, boy. The main boy. The main boy. Oh, also, also, actually, I have one more. The Flockwolf TA four hundred, a six-engined heavy bomber developed in nineteen forty-three, was the lead plane in the America Bomber program. It could have delivered twenty-two thousand bombs over six thousand miles i wish it done that i wish they, they'd been successful i wish that america was just it could have room. flown it could have flown across the atlantic ocean bombed america and came back mm. yep so uh after world war one 
Treaty of Versailles prohibited Germany from making military planes. But one thing they could make was gliders, because it's unpowered aircraft. Like, are you going to fucking tell people to not make a glider? Like, come on. What are you going to do? Yeah, do with that glider? Kill people? Yeah. Lighter than aircraft had more or less proven themselves to be fairly yep. ineffective as war machines, as, you know. Especially after Zeppelin, planes were developed. Yeah. Yep. Drop an old timey. It's even less effective than the Zeppelin. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> it's insane. Think something. about that. Honestly, though, yeah. you guys, you gotta be imaginative, right? You get one of those gliders up there, you get a little handful of ball bearings, you spend your whole day up there. Yeah. And I don't know. The Zeppelin, the Zeppelin in uh, Battlefield One was pretty effective. I would but... love to be in a Zeppelin. What a luxury experience that would be. Yeah, but it uh, doesn't sound like a wonderful war machine. Nah, I mean, like I said, get up there, handful of ball bearings, have yourself a time. Yep. So, um, scatter. The main man here, named Alexander Lippisch, um, and he did his service in 1915 to 1918 as an aerial photographer and a mapper during world war one um, after that he actually worked for the zeppelin company where he became interested in what's called tailless aircraft i won't get super into it but at the time planes needed a very long tail to stabilize them during flight um, developing this tailless design which tailless is you know planes obviously still have tails but they don't need like a fucking 300 foot tail on a modern jet to make it stabilize itself during flight um 1937 a man named ernst heinkel with the help of opal yes the car company opal put on a demonstration for top nazis including adolf hitler to show them the potential of rocket powered aircraft not what a jet this? an aircraft with a rocket strapped to it fuck yeah i mean I'm fuck so yeah excited what, what year was this Tyler? 1937 37 okay yep um and this was a glider with a rocket attached to it i feel i feel like maybe they are not thinking about you know the second <laughs> part of flying which is as everybody know, everybody knows, uh, landing. So, <laughs> Ernst Udet, the director general of equipment for the Luftwaffe, said, <laughs> "I'm sorry, I, I know what the See? I know, I know the Luftwaffe are like heinous, evil monsters. But every time I hear somebody say it, I just imagine it's a a kind of Pokemon. It sounds yeah. like a Luftwaffe. breakfast food. It does sound like a breakfast food." Yeah, it sounds like it would be like a real Luftwaffe and some it's, ham dancers. It's like a like a cereal, but it's just tiny waffles. Yeah, and it's the Luftwaffe. Ooh, that would be nice. But um, if they're real crispy, delicious. crispy, that would be Ooh, really real nice. Crisp, like a yeah. like yeah, a fucking you know uh, we're, we're boycott, but you know like a like a you know like a like cookie crisp, like but a CTC like kind of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so when he actually like saw this on the ground, he was like, "You want to fly with that? It has no wings. Those are running boards." And then when he saw it actually fly, he was like, that's no airplane. Leave it alone. I forbid you to fly it again. I'm glad that Nazis are incompetent. So Lippisch, uh, his reputation grew being with um, these a couple different companies making gliders and like tailless aircraft and that sort of thing. Um, and 
it brought him a lot of success. And eventually, in 1939, he moved to the Messerschmitt Company, which, if you know anything about German planes in World War II, Messerschmitt is a big name. They did a lot of planes. Messerschmitt? I hardly know her. And he was brought there specifically by Messerschmitt to design a rocket-powered high-speed fighter. With the help of a man whose name is Helmuth Walter, great fucking the name. Biggest fucking crowds in the world. Yeah, goddamn. Uh, Ernst Heichel, Ernst Heichel, and Helmuth. Helmuth. What? Helmuth Walter. Helmuth Walter and, Helmuth Ein- Walter. and Ernst Heichel are yep. are working hand in hand. These Jesus criminy. So my um, name is Helmuth Walter. My, I design aeroplanes. Actually, he didn't design aeroplanes. <coughs> um, he didn't my design God. aeroplanes. Alexander Lippisch was brought in to design the actual aircraft. Mm. Helmut Walter was a rocket engineer. Ah, uh, he's the Jack oh, person. Oh, gotcha. Nazi Germany. Yep. Um, so with the help of, of these two dudes together, Mr. Walter ordered a 800-pound thrust rocket engine that was designated the RI-203. The engine would be fueled by two types of propellant. It was called T-Stoff and C-Stoff. T-Stoff is a concentrated hydrogen peroxide mixture, and C-Stoff is calcium permamaganate. It's... Yeah, it's fun to say it with the accent, but I'm pretty sure, like, it's someone... It's just tea stuff, I was going to say, this is just German for tea stuff and sea stuff. Yep. C, sorry. C is in cat. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But not good to Brian thing. Yep. Um, it's so the or they're great at. So there was a little bit of an issue with these two uh, chemical compounds. The stuffs. Uh, the stuffs. Um, the issue of tea stuff, uh, it needed specifically to be stored in aluminum tanks. While sea stuff ate through aluminum and needed to be stored in either glass or enamel containers only. <laughs> big old, big old. Let's let's hollow out all these bones we've been finding. So let's keep in mind that the fuel tanks, the fuel tanks on these rocket-powered aircrafts, one of these fuels needed to be stored in glass. I feel like maybe. And this is um, just, I'm not a scientist. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe the amount of force being applied to a glass canister full of fuel so volatile it eats through aluminum is a bad Well, idea. actually, actually, it's just, it's like old, um, like, car um, fuel tanks at the time. It was basically just, it had like a little feeder, so it wasn't under any pressure when it's coming out of the tank. And then once it goes into something, uh, it goes into a pump separately from that, and then it, it becomes pressurized from there. I'm, so I basically, meant, like, it's like gravity feeding it. I meant the force of being on a plane that's flying oh. in the air. <laughs> we'll yeah, get like to that. And then it has to land the second part of flying. We'll get to that. Don't you worry. Because um, if you don't do the second and, part, you just fell. You never And flew. And so um, being a rocket fuel mixture, these are what is called a hypergolic fuel mixture. It's when they react, they violently react. There is a video on YouTube from 1939 of a dude with like three little fucking drops of tea stuff on a on like a little plate and then he takes a little dropper of sea stuff and drops it on there and it's fucking fire. Like cra- <laughs> like a crazy amount of fire. That's great. Because 
Because that's what you need for a rocket. You need something, like, when they get together, they make a crazy amount of combustion for the yeah. rocket to work correctly. Highly volatile fuel sources needed for a rocket to work. Exactly. So Why in don't between... we just mix salt and water and mm. make that? Why can't that be fuel for rockets? So in between flights, the entire fuel system needed to be pressurized, cleaned with water, um, and then needed to be air-dried. Because we'll all die... If because you don't even, clean this perfectly, we're all dead. Even residual amounts in in there will fucking explode and <laughs> kill everybody near it. So, um, now, neither of these compounds uh, were meant to be brought into contact with human skin, but specifically tea stuff. Um, Just too fun to play with. If it got on your skin it would melt through your skin flesh and bone I wonder is this how the completely one in the aluminum out. tube or the glass tube that is the one in the aluminum actually oh, fuck. um it would like if you seriously took a dropper and dropped one drop of it on your skin it would melt through your entire fuck like everything it oh that's sick right fucking through yeah that's, that's metal as hell that's pretty it wouldn't cool. it wouldn't it wouldn't burn you it would melt you Let's. Why don't. Why did we just dip Nazis in that after you know Nuremberg? Yep. Well, I so, guess because none um, of them got justice. So the Nazis, being forever smart as they always are, developed specialized flight suits that had asbestos lining. Um, that were <laughs> 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 that were they were they were meant for like incidental contact basically enough time to where if you got like a drop on your flight suit you had enough time to like fucking rip it to off, take it like, off <laughs> before it got melted um so great. these these two compound tanker trucks were not allowed within a half mile of each other that is how reactive they are why are we mixing them in a plane then it's Rockets. They're kept apart like the president and the but vice president. Like, it seems yep. like maybe we could refine something that is less volatile when it is stored. And we don't less... have time. We don't have time. The the Führer is yep. trying to get us to invade the Hollow Earth. We he need needs... to come up with a rocket now. Yep. He needs so... more mess every day. Every time he brings up the bird people that live in the tunnels beneath the Earth. I have to think about a way to make this jet faster. So, <laughs> so Lippisch and Walter developed the first prototype, the Messerschmitt ME-163A, or as it was lovingly called, the Comet. We call it the Comet because there's zero way to control it, and it will explode. Mm -hmm. So, um... What they would do is they would attach it to the back of another aircraft, like towing it, bring it up to altitude, and then it would go, like, you'd, you'd set the rocket off, like, it. well, they'd cut you off, and then you'd set the rocket off, go boom, and then you'd fucking, you know, fucking rocket, right? It seems it's, like a really it, dumb way. Yeah, is it really um, well, it was, it was the only way if you have to get fucking tugboated into the air? Um, It could be. It could be because it could reach uh, B-17 bombers at cruising altitude a lot faster. So, yeah. um, and then it would it would glide slowly back down to Earth after the rocket was spent. <laughs> Not glide. slowly enough. Yeah, you know, you know that whole thing when you when you fall tens and thousands of miles from the from a low orbit. That's 
and that's just a gentle glide down. You're yep. like a little, you're like a little oak leaf on an autumn wind, just just working your way down. Yep. So, um, fucking psychotic. It, it had no landing gear. <laughs> so, so what? this is not an aircraft. This is a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. It had no landing gear. This is a missile. Um, the when word it was aircraft, they, not the, landing craft. The pilot, Colin. the pilot would have Idiot. to land it on a sprung dolly, and then it would like attach in and like kind of like attach to these wheels and like you know kind of glide into it and then a tractor would come up and tow it around i'm assuming it was a mangala tractor this is so um, oh mangala brand tractors this... only so you're saying you're saying okay so i am this thing saying can't take off on its own nope not it, right now it has right to get now. towed up into the air launched it doesn't have landing gear so mm-hmm. then after it's conceivably blown up a b-17 and is now making its way back down to the earth. Mm-hmm. The it the fucking pilot has to steer it through freefall. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not it's not that hard. Okay, steer not it through freefall onto a fucking dolly. Mm-hmm. So he has to get a very like specific, like feet wide. Yeah, feet wide. Yeah. How good do the Nazis think their pilots are? Like, oh, they did have some really they're, good pilots. They're, they're getting, all the Red Baron, Colin. Well, the, the left, they're not all the Red. First of all, let's fucking walk this one back. They're not all the Red Baron, first of all. Yeah, depending Second, on what year this hits service, it was mostly old men and boys. Mm-hmm. At, this is the this is the late 30s, early 40s. So yeah, you have a lot of Currently, you have a lot yes. of like Prussian guys with big facial scars in the yeah. Luftwaffe, but uh, for the most part. The like even when you, when you break down like the amount of humans that are born with good enough eyesight and good enough reaction times to be really great pilots, it's very small. Yeah. Even if you if you live in a society where you're trained to be a soldier, still very few people could do this. And they're this, like, this is what how we're gonna counter a widespread armament yeah. that's being used in against order, us. In order to like work this properly, you would probably need to be like at like flight training level of like dudes that flew like Gemini missions and the like early Apollo missions to the you, moon. You'd have like, to be training a child to be a pilot. Yeah. You'd have to mm-hmm. a, a kid would be like eight or ten years old, and you'd have to be like, okay, you've tested high enough in aptitude. Uh, we can put you on the advanced pilot track, and by the time you're eighteen or twenty, you will be a great pilot. Yeah, you would need to be like All a right, Spartan, Lee, but a pilot. Time to join the Civil Air Patrol. but okay so what was that um eventually it would eventually it would be able to take off by itself um what it still didn't have any landing gear why Um, why would it it had because if you attached landing gear to it you have to redesign the entire glider they didn't want they didn't have enough time to do that we, yeah. we only we have enough time, time to figure out how to get it in the air. They needed to you get know things how in the fucking close the Soviets are. They needed to get fucking planes in the air that can shoot down B-17s. In the morning, I can smell kielbasa. We yep. do not have time to design the glider again. Yep. So. <laughs> you can smell what it, meats from across the river, right? What it was. <laughs> Is it, it had these wheels on the front that was basically like when they had to land on the dolly, um, but it was like a skid kind of thing, and it would like once they got off the air, it would like detach. So, oh yeah, that's you, you're totally not going to need those. This no. is like this is like in high school when they're like, this is how you make sure an egg survives a drop, but they're like, 
but what if I could kill a B-17 before the egg hits the ground? Exactly. So <laughs> just throw the egg really hard at the B-17? <laughs> what if me... this egg was wearing a swastika? What if this Let... egg is willing to die for the fatherland? <laughs> Let me put it into perspective here. When it was able to take off on its own power... It could reach 39,000 feet in four minutes. God damn. I don't know how you don't just have fucking cream of Nazi in the cockpit at that point. Yeah, your brain is getting destroyed by G-forces. <laughs> it's, it's turning into lasagna up there. It's turning into... Listen, man, I'm pretty sure anybody going that fast is going to cream. Yep. <laughs> so uh, uh, All my bones and organs coming out of my dick hole through my... So, Fancy SS uniform. <laughs> another issue that through it, my pores. Um, another issue that it had was, um, since it's a glider and it's unpowered at that point because you spent all your rocket fuel. If you were coming in too hot to land on the dolly, you're dead. And you were gonna overshoot it, you couldn't come around for another. No, path. you're like, dead. Uh, in, in like yeah, in like another won. plane, if if you're like if you're like oh, I'm yeah. coming in too fast, I'll I'll lift up. I'll come back around, and I, then I'll be able to land. Right? This no big deal. Was just a also guided the, bullet. The, hmm? the idea, the idea that you are in. A oh my glider, god, dude! If right? if the Japanese invented this and they used these for fucking kamikazes, oh, but they ga- would have game over. Game over. Yeah. Fleet because they yeah. they would have they would have solved the big problem with kamikaze fighters. That is they were coming in too slow for AA they're, guns. They're coming in too slow because they have to hit the target. And also, really poor visibility because they're working in the same visibility conditions. If those, if these motherfuckers could point and rocket into something, yeah, they're all like we're fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, Kamikaze pilot—they were never intended to be like a winning strategy. It was just intended to be like uh, to destroy the morale of yeah. America. That oh, we're willing to to spend so much more than you in our yep. own lives. Uh, yeah. And then that the guy who instituted the policy killed himself. He he did so. In a kamikaze bomber. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's Tyler, do you remember do you remember coming over to my mom's condo? Like when we were fourteen, right after she moved out? Like Tyler, at any Tyler? He t- he walked away oh, for a moment. Oh, he started yeah, talking yeah, okay. as soon as he walked away. That's great awesome. Tyler. Yeah. Do you remember going to my mom's condo when we were like fourteen? Yeah. Do do you, did you ever meet Rudy, the the old man who owned the, the condo complex? No. The first time I met this man, he told me that his brother got taken as a POW by the Nazis and was forced to fly experimental planes. Nice. That's great. Nice. That so explains a lot more whole, about you. This whole time, <laughs> wow, I've just kind of been imagining the brother of this this tiny. Old oh no, Polish these were man. these were these were. Legit. Oh, you can't risk it. Some fucking. These were legit. I'll, these. I'll get to it. These were legit fucking pilots. Oh, I mean, I'm sure, but at one point they were like, "All right." Put the pole in there. Put put. I'm, get, I'm sure for the first. Pole. I'm sure for the me in like in like a like a big sweaty cotton undershirt and actually, like breeches cut off at the knee. The very first time um, one of these flew, and every time after that, it was all like Nazi experimental test pilots. Like they oh, were shit, like okay. top of the fucking line. Like you are too good of a pilot to fly in actual missions. So we need, so a, we need, we need to waste your life on things that will never work. Um, the most, idea, astro- most astronauts were uh, experimental test pilots at one well, point. Yeah, obviously. But, like, that's, that's you know, I get it. It's like a clearance thing and also an ability thing. Mm-hmm. But the idea, back to your point about, like, oh, like, they can't, they can't circle around for another approach. If you're coming in too hot 
and you have zero ability at all to slow your descent, there's a very high chance you pass out from, like, they, the amount of sheer force. So they did add a, uh, uh, um, these flaps on the front that could help slow it down, but, oh, like, it was, it was, oh. it was, it was not enough to, like, realistically do much. Um, so... It's a fucking... Another, that's like another, putting a safety blanket in the cockpit. That's nothing. An, another problem that I added is if there was any fuel left, if it didn't burn Dead. all of its fuel, Fireworks. when you were landed, it would probably explode. Like, if, even if you landed on the dolly? Mm-hmm. Incredible. I, I doubt if there's any fuel left, and it's get, it's getting all fucking jostled in there. Like, I, I don't know if you're making them, it to the ground. Both of them reacted violently with air. Yeah, there's lots of that everywhere. Yeah, so, um, actually, uh, one of the later des- I don't I didn't put this in my notes, but one of the later does like the very 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 later designs of this, um, if the rocket like if they pressed the rocket button and it didn't go, there was another button right next to it that was an evac button where it would just drop all of the fucking fuel because it was going to explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can't land fully. Like you will die if you land fully fueled. If you have, <laughs> if you even have a little bit in there, it's Whoa. like most likely you'll explode. If you have a full fucking tank, you're you're done, buddy. All right. Bad news: the flight failed. The good news is I dropped a very effective bomb on something. Yeah, Somewhere. you're <laughs> dropping. Yeah, Who we invent. We invented airburst bomb today. <laughs> Um, so, you, oh. I feel like the Americans are going to do something like call it like Operation Rolling Thunder, not going to be as effective. Um, <laughs> not be as effective. Oh, but Rolling Thunder so cool. Oh. Um, I learned how to turn a hand grenade into a, a bomb you could drop from a plane the other day. Nice. Yeah. That's I illegal. feel like that's anyway. not a thing you should say on air. Yeah. I don't have yeah. the means to do it. Gonna bleep that out. So. What? Just gonna cut the whole line, I think. No, Come just bleep. On. No, no, bleep it. Confuse no, people. No, keep like this, a little. No, no, no. no. Keep, just, keep this all in. Just, take, just take, no, no, no. no just, 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 nope. Just bleep it. Just bleep it, and we're gonna confuse people. Leave buying this all in. hand grenades is legal. I can't get one. Where? You oh, can't. illegal. I thought it's you said illegal. Legal. It's illegal. I you said legal, Brick, and I was where would so I get one? Where? Brick, where did you get a hand grenade? No. Um. I guess so, of the three of us, I would be the one who would find a way to get a hand grenade. Yes. So, this thing, this aircraft needed to be light in order for it to work, obviously, right? What do you think they made it out of? Balsa wood. Justin? Crepe paper. They made it Wishes. out of laminated, they made it out of laminated wood. <laughs> not bamboo. So not Jews. Bamboo is very not, sturdy. Not Jews, Justin. I wanted him. Okay, I wanted to make a joke about making things out of Jews when we were talking about the enamel that the fuel had to be stored in. I wanted to make a joke when we were talking about what the fuel is made out of, but I See, held off. See, that's too real. I held off. I didn't say anything. The mm-hmm. idea that this bomber is made of bones and stretched skin is a little, little more comical. It's a, a flesh monster. Um, so now that we know all of the mechanical issues with the plane, let's talk about some of its flight stories. Oh, boy. So dead, dead, dead. The very first pilot to fly this plane, uh, Henri, Dit, uh, Henri Dittmar. Herbert Nazi Winkle. 
Irby did Henri. Uh, <laughs> fuck me. Got you. <laughs> fuck you. Irby. Um, <laughs> Irby Nazi. <laughs> Herbie, that's see, that's the ghost oh, that inhabits even, the Volkswagen Beetle. It's a Herbie Nazi Winkle. That's why they call him Herbie. I even got you a better fucking name. Don't you worry about it. And it's a Herbie real one. Henri, Henri, Henri Dittmar flew the ME one thirty six A. The very like Henri Dittmar, the very first ME one thirty six A, the very first fucking prototype of this. He flew it on October second, nineteen forty one, for a record airspeed of one thousand and three miles an hour. 1,000 miles an hour, being the first pilot to ever reach 1,000 miles an hour. This would not be beaten, or sorry, and then he would fly the ME-136B to 1,300 miles an hour. He broke the fucking sound barrier in 1941. I would come. Hey, man, Vril Energy will get get you where you want to go. Um, and that record would not be beaten for another 10 years. Who not until they actually... Also with Nazi technology, I'm yeah. sure. Werner von Braun. No. It was the Soviets. Oh. Oh, interesting. Yep. Good for um, them. Was it he uh, said... the dog? Uh, no, it was... Uh, what's his dick? What the? Was first... Yuri Gagarin? Yeah, first man of flight. I, I do like oh, all the pictures of him, like, hobnobbing with, like, all the celebrities of the time. And he talks about the dog. Like, there's a... Oh, oh he was so he was I so thought you meant like a... No, he, like, was so, he was so sad about the dog. He, he's like... Everyone should... What's the quote? It's like, uh, was... Were they... Uh, <laughs> am I the last dog or were they the last man? It's it was something like that. It's just like oh my Super god. Super existential. So like, that that's what happens when you're Russian, and you, you go just, to space. Like you took a feudal society, you turned them into a modern industrial state in the span of like 30, 40 years. They fight some of the most horrific wars with the worst fucking losses of any belligerent at all, and yeah. then you expect them not to be depressed or cruel in any way, like. It explains everything about the Soviet it, it, Union. It really makes you understand brutalism. It's like, okay, you took you take, took King Arthur, and then you made him fight fascists, and then you taught him about machine guns and how to make steel. What did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Henri Dittmar said he didn't black out. Oh, he a million percent did. But his his memory was hazy, so that definitely means he blacked out a bunch yeah, of yeah, times. Yeah, it means his brain's full of fucking holes. Uh-huh. Um, he was put under negative 18 Gs of force. Jesus fucking Christ. And this is yeah. back in the time when, like, Wait, conditioning... Wait, negative 18? Yeah, because it's it's behind you. It's back. No, I, th- I mean, that's just experiencing 18 Gs. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, but... Oh well, actually, um, and oh jeez, that man should be paced. Oh my god, that's that's like current like astronaut level of G forces, and they have to train for like years to be able to handle that. And he was like, oh, "I'll get in this airplane." Yeah, he, and then two years later, he's like, "Yeah, a bubble exploded in my brain, and then I die." Yeah, um, but he he lived. Um, get the reverse bends. And. This plane would go on to injure several test pilots. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, including 
You ready for this fucking name? Hannah Reich. Hannah? Hannah Reich. Hannah, oh, I totally Reich. didn't change my last name to appease the Nazis. Reich. Right. She did. That's not her real last name. What's her um, real last name? I don't remember. German it's like, it's like It's like it's like a Reich something. I don't know. But she changed, it. she changed it to Reich because she was... She was literally, like, Hitler's fucking golden girl test pilot. Like, he fucking loved her because she was, like, petite, blonde hair, blue eyes, like, exi- like German what shepherd. he thinks. Like, oh, he what- was nailing her. No, she was, he wasn't. She's, she's, like, the She did a lot of, of interviews. She she lived until, like, the 70s. There There is actually the only video of this plane flying is her flying it. I feel like even if you're and just she was a, she was a phenomenal fucking pilot. If you're just an experimental test pilot for the Nazis... I still feel like you should be uh, berated and uh, like threatened for the rest of your life, and you should never know a moment's peace. Yep. Um, so her problem was is she came in a little bit too hot. Um, oh. And and ended up hitting the dolly like too hard, and her face went through the control board. <laughs> Stupid bitch. Yeah, right. She was in the hospital for five months afterwards. Ah, uh, that's that's sad that she didn't die. Yep. Uh, you should see the other guy. She, she got a fucking like gear. She got a fucking dial just permanently lodged in her just, brain pan. Just yeah. picking switches out of her teeth. Yeah, she's got a fucking altimeter for an eye socket now. This whole thing is made out of laminated wood. Yeah, she's picking <laughs> fucking yeah. Um, oh, it's just splitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she Henri, jumped into I, a cactus. <laughs> Yeah, Henri Dittmar would also get, like, severe spinal injuries from <laughs> trying to land this fucking... Yeah, exactly. Fuck Nazis. Fuck these pieces um, of shit. <laughs> so, I'm uh, glad they didn't use dogs. They used something worse. Not, not only Nazi. not only were the operators hurt, um, the, like, soldiers, because they didn't have, like, chemists uh, taking care of the compounds... Well, what they didn't they didn't have scientists no what they just had the they, scientists they just they were like hans hans come here you're handling uh, the tea stuff today that is <laughs> that is what you are doing well i don't I know what this some is questions so. about the skulls on okay heads. okay well no no don't worry about that you put you put that in this container not that container this container this <laughs> container it's fine that one that one will kill you this one's fine this one oh. good that I like to imagine that it's and that one die, this one good. That there's a there's like a Nazi who's the same as Joaquin Phoenix's character from The Master, so he's just like a degenerate alcoholic. He's just mixing chemicals to see what gets him drunk, and you know he has one bad day. Yep. So <laughs> just fucking this ash, guy, bones, this guy, ash. this one guy. Um, he accidentally poured like from a tanker. Into a container, uh, he was pouring tea stuff into a container, and he accidentally poured it into a container con- uh, containing residual, like little residual amounts of sea stuff in it. From the account of it from William Green's uh, book, he said, quote, Before he realized the magnitude of his mistake, his remains had been spread thinly over the entire test ship. <laughs> I immediately I was like, oh, so it's not from this guy's perspective. It's not from his perspective. No, okay. You guys no, smell that something? dude melted. Somebody cooking, somebody cooking barbecue. Is that, is that do a you barbecue smell sausage? Melted. <laughs> it um, smells like burning kraut. 
and now I'm gonna I'm gonna read from an account of a, another test pilot, uh, one man named Mano Ziegler. What? Uh, he said, <laughs> just yeah. the one. Yep, he said, "quote A certain f- <laughs> this name oh. Feldwebel Alois Vondel." <laughs> what, Feldwebel? what a what a what a what a goofy Looney Tunes ass culture they wanted to establish to dominate the world. It's like if fucking great. Bugs Bunny was going to be the dictator of the rest of your life. What if fucking... your next D&D character name is Feldfebel? So, he said, uh, Feldfebel Alois Vondel from Aschau, an excellent fellow and is completely... English? Re- Bless you. Completely reliable flying with the accuracy of a precision instrument was chosen from among, among us pupils to make the sharp start of the comet. Make it good, Alois, we shouted, and then he was off. As expected, Alois's rocket rocket motor cut off about 6,000 meters altitude, then he turned back towards the field as precise as ever. Then, without warning, side slip! That shout came from one of the group. Alois was much too high to touch down any ne- anywhere near the landing cross. Side slip! Side slip! We all shouted as if he could hear us, but the comet shot past us and past the landing cross. Too high! Too fast! Anxiously, we watched the comet touch down far outside the airfield perimeter, rebound into the air, and then drop again like a brick, and then skid through some rough ground and turn over on its back. A split second later, a blinding white flame shot up, followed by a mushroom cloud of smoke. That's that's fucking fantastic. Shocked it took that long to explode. I like the idea that by the time it exploded, it was it was like a large Nazi slap chop on the inside. Mm-hmm. And there's this this boy got Cuisinarded long before he got fucking atomized. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So what a fucking loser. Um, this is <laughs> I'm gonna quote again. Um, well, quote I'm gonna quote a different thing. Uh, by a name named Giles Messer, and I'm gonna quote the or I'm gonna tell you the name of the article after because it would give it away. Quote. Does it have to do with baseball? On other occasions, pilots. <laughs> God damn it! You got me. Oh, you got me. Okay. Boy, I hate jazz. Uh, this guy is actually not a Nazi. He just wrote the article. Oh, okay. Um. On other occasions, pilots suffered a fate worse than an explosion. In the case of Omberland Josef Pos, who on one flight released his takeoff dolly too early, the dolly bounced off the ground, struck the aircraft, rupturing a T-stoff line. Puss immediately jettisoned the field and banked around to make an emergency landing, but just like Alois Vondel, missed the runway, touched down on rough ground, and flipped over. To the relief of his comrades watching the aircraft, didn't explode. So they were like, he's fine, it's all, it's all good. He, he released the fuel, everything's fine. Like it, he, he crashed, but it didn't explode. No, he's a greasy smear inside that cabin now. <laughs> but when they finally reached him and turned the comet over, they were greeted by the gruesome sight. Kistoff <laughs> re- uh, leaking from a ruptured fuel line had dissolved the unconscious pose alive. They opened this to a <laughs> soup of a man. It's just a puddle. Oh, man. A shitty love... Nazi puddle. It's like... How, how, can I, how can I say this? Um... It's like if there was, it's like if there was a blooper reel for Hostel. Yep. Uh, it's it's like, oh wow, 
I've never heard more gruesome depictions of awful shit happening to people that deserve it more than anybody else alive at the time. That's the fun part about it, is like, you they're la- Nazis. Oh, this, this stupid Nazi got his stupid Nazi fucking brain smashed around a cockpit so hard it knocked him out, and then he got eaten from the ass down uh, from fucking corrosive liquid. He got fucking liquid, he got his butthole and all organs liquefied ass first. Mm-hmm. What a what a great! I couldn't think of a better way to kill a Nazi. Yep. Uh, so, although all of these issues were very prominent, the German military still commissioned versions in May 1944. The to Fuhrer be is very insistent that we need to invade the Hollow Earth through Antarctica. So well, we will just send it through. Just send it this through. Was, this was this was May 1944 when he was literally losing his mind from that dude who the was just like absolute. injecting him with meth. Well, yeah, this all is the also time. when the Nazis were like, "We're losing. We're losing." This was losing. this was 11 we months from Hitler killing himself. So any more fucking. Time. This is like what? This is after long after um after Stalingrad. Yeah. After um this was uh just before Normandy. Yeah, but it's like the Nazis have at this point they they, they saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, it's like oh we like we, they had already retreated from Russia. Yeah, we've at overextended yeah. ourselves. We cannot capture any more ground. Well, I guess the bo- best we can hope for is to hold them off uh, until they decide they're done, and then maybe we'll still get to be a country afterwards. And then yeah. it was very quickly like, nope, <laughs> no, you're not going to get to do that either. Yep, <laughs> you fucked up. So they commissioned this, um, and it had two uh, Mark 108 30mm cannons with 120 rounds of ammunition, so 60 rounds apiece. You know, fucking shoot it. Yeah. Due to to it only having realistically six-ish minutes of rocket time, it was used as what's called a point defense interceptor. It would be put near strategic targets that the Allies were absolutely blowing the fucking shit out of during the strategic bombing campaign, which is a whole other thing. We won't talk about it. Uh, America never did war crimes. Um, We've never yeah, killed. We were children. a different podcast. We never killed school children or like you know hospitals or like you know never did mm-hmm. any of that. You know, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. So the plane would would rocket off fly to 39,000 feet, and then glide back down, like straight down. Um, and it would try to hit these B-17s from above, which B-17s, B-17s, most of their armor was on the bottom because that's where the anti-air uh, shots are coming from. The top didn't have a whole lot of armor. Mm-hmm. But... This only gave pilots about three seconds to aim and fire these cannons. Yeah! Three, three fucking seconds for you to, on the way, barreling back to fucking Earth, aim and fire these fucking things. It's fucking you gotta flick, stupid. Tyler. You gotta flick. You gotta flick it. What you do you gotta mean you gotta flick? Dude, there's, by the time, flick. by the flick. time Colin, your brain Colin, you've seen me play you... Siege. You've Shut seen me play up. Siege. Oh, would you flick and you shoot me right in the face? Your teammate? Yeah, it happens. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, the idea that, like, the fucking... Literally, this is like trying to mount a fucking turret onto, like, one of those little helicopter leaves. And, like, maybe we'll hit our plane. Maybe. Who's to say? We're running out... We're giving children and old men meth and cutting their eyelids off. We'll try anything. Yep. So this was not very effective. 
about as effective as a screen door on a submarine. So they, they redesigned it to have five 50-millimeter cannons pointed vertically off of both wings. And when they were on their descent above, the shadow of a bomber triggered a photocell and it would fire all of the fucking cannons. So it would basically like, and then as soon as it, like, the photocell triggered and it saw a bomber, it would just all fucking cannons at once. So it was it was a very crude UAV that had a man in it to land it at some time. It's like an Basically. aerial sea mine. Um, this was actually much more effective and shot down somewhere between 10 and 20 B-17s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But before the war ended, which this redesigned happened in... Uh, no, you said 44. This was late. Like, actually, this was early 45. That design <laughs> happened in, like, March of 45. Oh, oh. Buddy. And the last one to fly was, like, May 15th, 1945, which was, like, 15 days after Hitler killed himself, so... You're really on the decline there at Nazi HQ. Really on the decline. Like, as soon as Hitler's dead, they're like, well, finally, somebody, like, we'll be able to get some of these common-sense adjustments through. Oh, mm. they're in Berlin. Oh, they're in yeah. Berlin. Interesting. So, Interesting you say that. So, um, with this redesign, the Allied bombers found a really easy way to shoot them out of their fucking, like, the glass fucking turrets that they had in those B-17s. They found a really easy way to shoot them. Guns. It's not on the way up. It's on the way down. Because what happens to fucking gliders is they glide nicely back to the earth. So you just fucking shoot that goddamn thing. Super easy. It's not going that fast. It's literally a sitting duck. It's just gliding yeah. around. Or or they would wait for it to fucking land and then they'd shoot it on the ground. Like, um... Huh. But after the war ended, only one Allied pilot ever had the fucking balls to fly one. Only one Allied pilot was stupid enough to ever get in the cockpit. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Fucking Royal Brown. Royal Navy Captain Eric Winkle Brown. Of course <laughs> it was a fucking Englishman. Of who course it was a Winkle. Who to this day holds the record for the most different aircraft types flown by a single person. On May 17, 1945, Brown drove to the ME-163 airfield in Husum and asked the German ground crew to prepare an aircraft for him. At first, the crew refused, not only because of the dangerous nature of the aircraft, but because following a series of incidents in which Allied pilots were killed flying German aircraft, <laughs> flights like this one, Brown was requesting, were specifically forbidden. They were like, guys, you can't fucking do this anymore. Stop. Like, like, they're, I, they're I gonna... like the idea that it, like an American pilot gets in a German plane and he's up in the air and like, wait a second, all these controls are in crowd. I don't know yeah. how to land this thing. See, yeah. I immediately jumped to. They got shot down. Oh, this was this was when the war was done. This was May seventeenth. Well, good thing I got you zero. Still shoot at Nazis. Good thing I got yeah. zero liters of fuel because I'm sure I got plenty of gallons in this thing somewhere. Oh, where's that yep. gauge at? Let me see where that gauge is at. So, <laughs> going down. We're going down fast. So eventually, um, Captain Eric Winkle Brown uh, signed a disclaimer. That said, it's it's <laughs> not my fine. fucking fault. If, it's not your fault if I fucking it's die. It's fine from if this I thing. die. Um, and he said, quote, The noise is thunderous. You're given a bit of shake-off after takeoff. The acceleration is unbelievable. I thought the performance was, there's only one word for it, phenomenal. But 
I felt like I was flying in a tin coffin because the chances of bailing out were virtually nil. I took on full knowledge that the risk was, but at the end of the day, I felt a tremendous satisfaction in beating the odds. What a moron. What an idiot. See, now do it again with an underbite so it sounds correct. Yep. Oh, I did find it. I'm from Liverpool. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, I know Liverpool is working class, but I wish they weren't so I could make fun of English with their accent. So, towards the end of the war, the Germans actually wanted to send one of these to Japan. Like, they wanted to, like, shove it in a fucking U-boat and, like, take it over there. See if you can do something with this. You guys have a much better time. It seems like you guys are much cooler with killing your pilots. So mm. we figured we'd give you one of these. Um, but they they ended up not being able to do that. Surprise, surprise. Um, but they did send them, like, uh, operations manuals and shit like that for how to, like, fly these and how to work them and how to fuel them and how to do all this shit. They sent them all of the fucking paperwork for how to do this. So they ended up, like, reverse engineering a couple of them. But none of them worked properly in order for them to use them by the time the they surrendered. Fun. Yep. But there was uh, experimental versions found in Japan. Interesting. Yeah. The perfidious so, Kraut shares his diabolical technology. You know what I realize? I never said the name of that article. It's fine. We'll the German the, the German rocket that d- dissolved the, its pilots alive. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's that like, does give everything away and has nothing to do with baseball or the perceived problems with it. This plane yep, is so like the Christine of planes. That's the time that the Nazis decided to dissolve their own pilots. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> it's fun. Ernst, it's fun. Ernst, have you ever it's thought fun. What was that, that what was maybe the Messerschmitt company maybe that produced all these? Could be we have a little more metal? We have skulls on our hats. Uh, are these the bad guys? Are these the bad guys? No, go get in. Go get in. Shouts out to Peep Show. The dissolution chamber. I mean, the cockpit. It's, uh, so it's, it's the, do, do we know if the Messerschmitt company still exists in Germany? Let's look it uh, up. Because that was probably. the company that produced all of these, correct? Yes. They're like, uh, we, uh, we still uh, exist. We make model airplanes. They were they were the Raytheon of Nazi Messer Germany. Schmidt still exists. Yep. Uh, very much so, Mr. Schmidt. Yeah. No, defunct 1968. Oh wow. Oh, uh, they have successors though, right? Yeah. But they've made a, a bunch of aircraft that were never flown. Interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Fox those damn, those damn Germans, we need another Treaty of Versailles to make sure they're not making planes anymore. I think the Treaty of Versailles, much, I don't know, I don't know. I, I spent like five minutes giggling to myself about that message I put in chat about Angela Merkel trying to act tough to Russia. And they're like, we're going to invade the Ukraine. Angela Merkel's like, we're going to stop you. And I'm just like, with what? With what? What are you going to do? Uh, what are you going to do, Angela? Destroy the value of the petrol. What are you going to do? You're not, you're not the prime minister anymore. What are you going to do, Angela? Hmm? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. She, she's, uh, she's, uh, they don't have prime ministers. Chancellor, I thought, right? They don't, no, they don't. I do thought, chan- no, they don't have chancellor anymore. Uh, no, that was, whatever. they, they got rid of that after, you know, Hitler. Have, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, they decided having a chancellor, a president, and a prime minister all at we the same time. We should have, we should, honestly, it's, it's so upsetting to me that we don't have a prime minister in America. 
I mean, that would mean that we were closer to a functional democracy, and that's not, uh, that's on America. I mean, fucking uh, Mitch McConnell's essentially the best. Yeah, we need minister. a we need a king, Colin. We need a four year king every Honestly, fucking four years. Let's okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Let's like give some of these huge pieces of shit. Like, let's have like a reality show where it's like, be America's royal family. Okay. Fight to the death. Enough, uh, no, 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 no. We don't want them to be physically fit. We want them to be the most scheming. Uh, I don't. That's what I want. I don't want to see. I don't want to see physically fit. No. 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 I don't want schemers. I don't want schemers. I want himbos. I want to see the. We need himbos in government. Fight to the death. No. 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 You'll. That's the thing, right? Is that you involve you like you seed. You have like a pool of families, but then you seed like famous families. So you'll have like you'll have like the Trumps and the Kardashians and the Bidens and the Clintons, uh, and the Bushes. They'll all be there, but then you'll also have like, like. This is the tier of, like, car dealership families. <laughs> like, so you'll have, like, just the worst you family. Ray then you'll, have, you'll Then you'll have, like, the tier of, like, woke families. Like, this is the family with, like, two, like, college professors and their adopted son. And then, like, they're in it, too. So it's, like, the ultimate culture war show. And then everybody, because it's the ultimate culture war show... Everybody will accept the royal family. There will not be a coup d'etat against the American royal family when they come into power. And then everybody uh, can pay attention to that. And then me and Mitch McConnell can work on redrafting the Constitution together the way the founders intended. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be back with congressional deathmatch slash wife swap next time. I would love uh, to see Donald Trump fuck Hillary Clinton. And I'm sure Bill would love I, would I don't want to see anybody involved in that naked. There's no call to action this week except for getting Colin to shut the fuck up. There actually uh, is a call um, to action. Fuck Nazis. Oh? Fuck Nazis. Yeah, fuck Nazis. But there's various, uh, there's various strikes going on right now, and strike funds you can donate to. Uh, the oh, okay. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can throw those yeah, in the Kellogg's, show Yeah, uh, the and... Baker's Union, uh, they cover a lot more than just Kellogg. Uh, obviously, Kellogg's still on strike, so, you know, boycott Kellogg products. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of lists floating around. Um, and also, the people that make the cakes for Baskin Robbins, I don't remember the name of the company they work for, they're expected to make 13 cakes in a minute, and they have quotas of, like, dozens of cakes, like, a, a crazy amount of work these people are supposed to do. They're on the line for 12-plus hours each, um, forced to do mandatory overtime. Uh, they are also currently striking, um, and, and they're protected, and they're part of the same union. Uh, as Kellogg, part of that that Baker's Union. Baker's and Confectionery. Yeah, Baker Confectionery mm-hmm. Tobacco Workers. Yep. Uh, so there's a there's a strike fund for them. Uh, if you just go to the the Baker's Union, I'm sure that your local uh, will have a, a, a spot to donate, uh, or you can go to your local if uh, you know where the office is. Um, but yeah, you know, fucking. Or if you see if you see people striking, go give them a drop go off. Give, give, them a fucking, give them some pizza. Give, give them some pizza. Fucking, some water. Some water. Get some pizza, anything get you some got. Water. Uh, Not Nestle water, though. It's so cool. I just want to say, you know, like, obviously, things are tough right now. And our episodes, besides this one, have been pretty dour (laughs) about, like, everything's bad and you're going to die soon. But uh, (laughs) it's nice to see that some people are, like, actually, like, fighting back. It seems like every other day you read a new new piece about, like, a union going on strike or a, a group of workers trying to organize... So it's it's good stuff to hear. It's why we do the show. Yeah. Yep. Bosses need us. We don't need them. Goddamn right. Boss makes a dollar. I make a dime. That's why I always this, shit on company time. This song was written a hundred years ago. <laughs>
So way Anyways. greater wage disparity now. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening once again to Worst in the Industry. Bye. Bye. Kisses. Bye.